We've got Twitter Tuesday coming at you next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lachlan Giants podcast, part of the Lachlan Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trana. Happy Tuesday to everybody. And we have a Twitter Tuesday today, which means we are taking your questions. Not a lot of questions for this week, but, you know, they're all this, all good and they will be answered. And um, always happy to do this particular show. And uh, I want to thank you, as always, for making the Lachlan Giants podcast your first listen of the day, or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. We do appreciate it. And um, again, happy to have you with us here on the Lachlan Giants podcast. So why don't we jump right in? Again, we have a small group of questions, but there's some really good ones in here. So let's kick them off. All right. We're going to start off with one from independent outsider at Denton underscore Dave, who asks, what stats does Jones need to to have at least to get franchise tags? How could both Barkley and Williams stay Giants next year? What stats do they need to put up and what's salary ceiling? Could you see a Saquon Barkley trade? All right, several questions in that one. So let me take one at a time. Um, I don't think there are specific stats for Daniel Jones that he needs to reach. Now that said, what's the bottom line, the most important stat of anything wins. So I think if you're the giants, you want to see Daniel Jones, a cut down on the mistakes, B throw more touchdowns than, you know, obviously interceptions, but most importantly, you want to see if this guy can load the team on his shoulders, carry them across the finish line and win some games. Maybe there will be some fourth quarter situations where they need to come from behind win, um, or maybe in overtime, they need a winning drive. That's some of the things they're going to want to look at because, you know, with stats and the quarterback, you know, everybody's going to look at passing yards and passing completions and that's all well and good. But I think if you ask the coaches, they'll tell you, They want to see smart decisions. They want to see results, which would be wins, obviously. And they want to see growth. And that growth of a quarterback is never quite linear. You know, it's going to be up and down. But by the end of the year, you want to see Daniel Jones, who also, by the way, needs to stay healthy and on the field. But you want to see him be better than he was in week one. So it's hard for me to give you exact numbers on the stats. But I think if he can do all that, and post a winning record, I think they will consider at least franchising him, if not trying to extend him after this year in order to keep that cap number lower, as opposed to franchise tagging him. All right. Now you asked about how could both Barkley and Williams stay giants next year? Um, Well, Williams is under contract, so I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I think you're, you're referencing his high cap hit. The Giants are going to be in much better condition for uh, their cap next year. Now, here's what I think would happen. If the Giants want to keep Williams, maybe they give him an extension, which lowers the number next year and just tax on an extra year or two or whatever and rewards him for good play. I could see that happening. As far as Barkley, 
I got to be honest with you. I mean, if, if Barkley's going to be looking to be paid like the highest paid running back in the league, I don't see it happening. If he's reasonable, um, I could see him potentially getting a contract, but I just don't think I would be surprised. Let's put it to you that way. I, I think, again, with Barkley, they need to see him have a big year. They need to see him ideally run for a thousand yards. Um, it would be nice if he had about 2000 all purpose yards or close to that. But um, yeah, Barkley, the money can work. I think they can make the money work. Um, the question is, is do they want to pour significant resources into a, the running back position? So it's going to be interesting, I think, to see how often the Giants actually deploy Barkley and give him touches, and if it becomes worth it to them to um, to pay, re-sign him and pay him a significant contract. I don't know that it will be, but you know, remember, I haven't seen the full effect of the offense. I do feel confident that Barkley is going to thrive in this offense, but you know, I I felt that way with Pat Shermer's offense. I felt that way with the. You know, Jason Garrett's, and for whatever reason, they didn't use the guy the way they did in practice. So I, I'm taking a wait and see on that one. All right, and then you ask, could I see a Saquon Barkley trade? I could, and but under this circumstance, if the Giants are out of it by the trade deadline and they're clearly not going anywhere, then maybe I could see them looking to move Barkley if. And this is a big if he is healthy and if he is being uh, productive, all right? I would like to see them get something for Barkley if they don't intend to re-sign him. And that's something, ideally, is going to be a draft pick that they can use sooner than later. Because if they let Barkley go away via free agency, they would have to wait until the following year to get a comp pick. And, um, you know... Joe Shane is in his first draft proved that he needed, you know, that he wanted as many at bats as possible. And, uh, you know, you got to also ask yourself, you know, will they maybe be looking at a quarterback next year? And that's going to depend on whether or not Daniel Jones plays well. Um, If he doesn't, I could see the giants wanting to accumulate more draft picks in order to move up if they have to get a quarterback. So that's kind of a wait and see type approach. I know, but, uh, that's how I kind of see the the, the uh, scenarios playing out to your questions. So thank you, Denton Dave, for those questions. All right, Giant fans, we have a small amount of uh, questions uh, from Twitter as well as from the um, email account. We're going to be right back to answer more of those questions right after this. All right, Giant fans, we've got more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, there's only one place to find what you need quickly for your car or truck, and that's at rockauto.com. Rock Auto has over 20 years of offering competitive pricing on thousands of parts for every make, model, and manufacturer. Check out their extensive website, and don't forget to write down Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need, rockauto.com. 
All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, Catalyst Power partners with you or your trusted energy consultant to produce a power supply plan that fits your business and your market risk tolerance. They have a suite of options that are customizable to your business's needs, including options that bundle with or focus on renewable energy sources. And right now in New York, Catalyst Power is offering an on-site solar solution for your business that requires zero installation, maintenance, or material purchase costs. That's right, no capital expense costs for you. Plus, qualified businesses could be eligible for up to six months of at-cost energy supply from Catalyst Power. Go to catalystpower.com slash Giants to learn more. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. We have a Twitter Tuesday, and I, of course, am your host, Patricia Trana. Appreciate you tuning in. And uh, before I get into the next uh, couple of questions, just real quick, I have one more interview coming up with our Locked on College hosts. Um, we're going to talk to Isaac Shad, who is the host of Locked on Tar Heels, and he's going to go into a deep dive with me about the two offensive linemen, as well as um, undrafted free agent Tamon Fox. So uh, that's coming up on tomorrow's show. Hope you will tune in. And then also I want to mention that I am trying to schedule for Friday a live show with the entertainer. Um, It's not set yet, but tentatively we're looking at Friday at 1130 a.m. Eastern time to start that show. And you know the drill. If you've been on the YouTube channel and you've taken part of it, you know, come listen to the exchange. Uh, that'll be the day after the the uh, the next OTA or actually, um, yeah, the Giants have an OTA today, then which is number five. So it'll be the day after OTA number six. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how this team is shaping up. And of course, we will take your questions as we always do on those live shows. So hope you will tune in for that. All right, let's get back to your Twitter Tuesday questions now. Up next, we have one from uh, Tom, LAPP66, at Tom Lap 66 And he asks, I know that everyone was down on Garrett last year. Would you have viewed Judge being a more conservative offensive mind as well. Things did not improve on offense just because Garrett was released. That falls on the head coach. Um, You know what, Tom? Yeah, I I would say that everything begins and ends with the head coach. There's a trickle-down effect. Now, I do think in the beginning, Joe Judge pretty much let Jason Garrett call the plays as he saw fit. Now, when it came to certain decisions, um, Joe, of course, had the right as head coach to lean into the headset and say, "Now nah, we're not going to do this or we're going to try this instead. I think the reason why the offense didn't improve after Garrett was let go is twofold. You had Freddie Kitchens basically running the same system, you know, because at that point there really wasn't time to change the system up. But more importantly, I think there might have been a little bit more of a reliance by Freddie on Joe with some of the decisions that were made. And um, yeah, that and, and, and you throw in the injury factor, which was another big problem for the Giants offense. And it was just a perfect storm that created a mess for the team. So hopefully that is behind them. And this year, the offense really takes off and becomes what everybody hopes and thinks it can be. All right. Next question comes from DC 
or actually dcowan850 on Twitter. Is Ellerson Smith healthy? Any idea if New Regime likes him? All right. Um, as far as Ellerson Smith being healthy, my understanding is yes, he is. Um, I don't recall him being in a red jersey. I'm just trying to think if I remember. No, I don't remember him being in a red jersey. Now, as far as if the new regime likes him, um, we will be talking to the defensive coaches, including coordinator Wink Martindale Thursday at OTA number six. So um, I don't know how they feel about him. I imagine if we ask them, they're going to say, yes, they like him. Um, So the question I think to, to ask is what kind of role or how do you see him fitting into the defense? So I'll see if I can get that question in with one of the defensive assistants and kind of see where Ellerson Smith is because he showed some potential and, you know, I think they're going to have a specific role for him. I'm not quite sure what that role is going to be, but um, I can guess what it's going to be and it should suit what the young man does well or did well in college. So, you know, for him, it's all about staying healthy. I do think he is healthy and, you know, I'm curious to see how he does as the spring continues onward and then as we get into the summer. So thanks for the question. All right, Jane fans, we've got a couple more questions left on this Twitter Tuesday, a small edition, but nonetheless, here we are. Um, we will get to the remaining two right after this. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, if you're like me, you love brownie batter. So imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein in the process. Well, now you can because Built has a new creation called the Brownie Batter Puff, and it's available right now at Built.com. Built Puffs are a melt-in-your-mouth marshmallow protein bar covered in 100% real chocolate. With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar, the Brownie Batter Puff Bar is the perfect pick-me-up any time of day. Plus, it's made with collagen protein, which offers a lot of health benefits. Go to Built.com today to get Brownie Batter Puffs right now. And use our special promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your first order at built.com. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trana, and it is a Twitter Tuesday. That's right. It is back. Take advantage of it because we're going to go on hiatus with Twitter Tuesday, probably um, next month at some point. So, I love getting your questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Sometimes I can't answer them because I don't have the answer, but um, I will let you know and I will do my best to answer as best as I can. So keep those questions coming. Uh, we've got one, uh, two more questions, one from Twitter and one from our email account. Um, so let's get to the Twitter one first. And the first one comes from Firemedic487, Christopher Peace asked, do you see any free agents from last year's team getting picked up this coming year, maybe as depth or camp bodies? Okay. I guess you mean guys who were on the team last year who are still to be signed. Um, Probably not. I would be surprised if that were to happen. You're talking a new system. So there's really no benefit to bring back, bringing back some of these guys that were on the team last year that the team didn't sign. Other than, you know, I guess the familiarity of the building. But again, things have changed. So I would say probably not. Um, 
depth or camp bodies, I think they're pretty much set with depth and camp. They're, they're, they're kind of going ahead as opposed to looking back. So Christopher, no, I, I would be surprised if they bring anybody back that was on the team last year that isn't currently on the team, but you never know. It depends on, you know, what happens if there's an in, a rash of injuries, if there's, you know, uh, a performance issue. I mean, you never say never, but I'm pretty sure that um, it's not going to happen, but we'll see. All right. We've got one more question to do. This was an email question from Andrew G. And he writes, um, I know we need legit, some legit additions to the secondary, but do you think with the improved pass rush that can cover up some of the, some of what the secondary lacks like in 2007, uh, the pass rush that was the defense and really helped the secondary look better than they were. Uh, good question, Andrew. First off, um, the more I watch and learn about what the Giants have at the secondary, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about it. I do think the starting cornerback job that opened up when James Bradbury was released is Aaron Robinson's to lose. Now, I obviously wasn't at OTA number four, the, the giant, you know, the independent media wasn't allowed. We're next allowed in the building for OTA number six, which is on Thursday. But uh, Michael Jacquet, the guy that they signed, I think it was last week, cornerback, had a good day. So I think the Giants are probably going to see what they have right now rather than continue to add guys. I know I've said in the past, if you've got, you know, nearly a dozen guys, do you have one? But as the spring goes on and you start to see and hear and, and learn things about these guys, maybe it's not as scary as it initially looked. But of course, right now it's the springtime. Everybody looks good. Um, the, pretty soon the cream will rise to the top, as they say. Okay. Now, Andrew, regarding your question as to whether the, um, the, improve, the improved pass rush is going to help or hurt the, uh, the secondary um, I don't think it's going to change what Don Martindale does. I do think he's going to be aggressive. He's going to send different guys, different looks after the quarterback. I mean, you could see, you're, you're going to see things that you probably haven't seen before from this, this team, um, different types of alignments that are going to be interesting. Um, and it's going to be fun to compare the numbers at the end of the year, the, the alignment numbers, but, uh, you know, look, the bottom line is you do need your secondary to be able to hold your its coverage. You do need for those guys to be able to run and keep up with, with um, receivers and tight ends and running backs. If you don't have that, you're going to get burnt badly. I mean, look last year at what happened with uh, the Baltimore Ravens. They had all those injuries to the defensive secondary. They had a fairly good pass rush. And what happened? They gave up an alarming number of good of, of big plays. So, no, I don't think that, um, you know, I don't think in this case an improved pass rush is going to necessarily help cover any kind of weakness in the secondary. I think you need both units to work together. Um, I think, though, Don Martindale is not going to change his philosophy. In other words, he's going to come after the opposing quarterback. He's going to be aggressive, and he's going to let the chips fall where they may. And um, 
look, nothing ventured, nothing games. Is he going to get burnt a few times? Probably. But uh, the goal is to, you know, maybe force quarterbacks to throw a little before they want to. If they can pull that off, maybe now they have an opportunity to make some plays on the back end of the defense. So we'll see if that happens. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for us again. It was a small mailbag, but appreciate those of you who submitted questions. We'll do it again next week. So if you didn't get your question in on time for the mailbag, we have Twitter Tuesday next week. So get them in. I'm happy to answer them. And as always, thank you for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. Don't forget tomorrow we have Locked on Tar Heels. Isaac Shad will be on with me and we'll be talking uh, North Carolina draft picks and undrafted free agents on tomorrow's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast. Until then, have a great day, everybody.